God. I pray that you are blessed by what you are about to hear or listen to. This is the Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries presentation. Stay blessed. Hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. Thank you. Amen. All right, please, you can sit. Before you continue, do you have your Bible here? If you have a Bible, lift it up. And some of you lift your phones, don't worry. You can lift your phones up too. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Well, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. I have what it says I have. I have what it says I have. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I am. As the preacher man preaches tonight. As the preacher man preaches tonight. My mind is alert. My mind is alert. My heart is wide open. My heart is wide open. To receive the word of God. To receive the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. We're just going to go straight into tonight's service. Now, the theme I was given is for such a time. Amen. Esther 4, 13 to 14. Right? This guy wants me to sing a song before you flow in. They are playing. It's like you're... You want to... You want to listen? All right. I will worship you forever. Love you forever because this God is too good I will worship you forever love you forever because this God is too good and I've searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I've looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater, Lord. Nobody greater than you. You make me worship. You are El Elyon, God Most High. You are Jesus Christ. You are El Eloi Israel. You are El Elyon. God most high, you are Jesus Christ, you are Elohim, God most high, God most high, Jesus Christ, oh Jesus Christ. You are Israel. All right, let's open our Bibles to First John chapter five, verse nineteen. So the theme is for such a time, and obviously taking from the point where 
the Israelites were in trouble, when they were in captivity, and a guy had purpose in his heart that you get all of them removed, killed from the face of the earth. And Mordecai, Esther's guardian, comes to Esther and says, Actually, not where you are, God has placed you there for a reason. Right? So that was the time that we were in, we in a time of, of, of trouble. And then Esther came in and delivered through Esther. The salvation of the Israelites was made possible. And it is on this premise that this theme is also for our generation. So before we continue, I want us to know the time we are in. At least the, the time they were in, there was a time, they were in a season where they were about to lose their lives and their existence. That was a time. And there was a method that needed to be used in order for them to be set free in that particular time. Now, I want you and I to also know the time that you and I are in. You understand? Now, in 1 John 5, verse 19 says, We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. The whole world. Now, this is after the resurrection of Christ Jesus. It's not before the resurrection of Christ Jesus. This is after the resurrection of Christ Jesus. After his resurrection, the whole world still lies under the sway of the wicked one. So, first of all, we must know that the time that we are in, we are in a world that is still under the sway. It means under the influences of the evil one or the wicked one. Let's open our Bible to Ephesians 5, verse 8. Ephesians 5.8 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And so can I, again, for you were once darkness. In first, in first John 5, one verse read. See, now the devil, now the, the wicked one is the enemy, the devil. And his kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. You understand? And so the world is under the sway. It's under the deception. It's under the influence. When it says sway, you're moving something. It's under the influence of the wicked one. Mm. It's under the influence of darkness. Mm. But the Lord is, now the, in Ephesians 5 is saying that you and I were once in darkness. Mm. But when the gospel reached you and I, we were caught out of darkness and we're now, you see, it, it, it doesn't even say you were once, it says you were once darkness. You, you were not only under bonded in captivity of darkness, you yourself would become darkness. Do you understand? Yep. You were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Colossians 1, 13. He has, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Again, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. This is the time that we are in. You and I were once under the influence of darkness. So first of all, the whole world is under the sway and the influence of darkness. When I say world, not only am I to, I'm talking about the systems, not only the earth, but the systems itself. The, 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 the structures that govern the, the, the manifestation of events, influences events, happenings on the earth. It's under the sway of the wicked one. And at a point in Ephesians 5, we realize that 
because we're, we're, because of we're under darkness, we had become darkness itself. This one says, well, now, not only had we become darkness, but the darkness also had power over us. But you see, another verse says, we have been translated from darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Today we'll read a lot of verses, scriptures, verses of scriptures. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Again, darkness. John 3, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. So Christ came, the, the Christ coming, Christ came into a world that was under the influence, under the governance of darkness. After his resurrection, we see in 1 John, let's go back to the first scripture verse we read, 1 John 5, 19. So we know, how many, of, how many of you know that the world lies under the sway of the wicked one, under the influence of darkness? We know. So this is a time that you and I are in. This is a time that we are in. We are in a time where the world is ruled and governed by darkness. This is the time you are in. This is the time I am in. After the resurrection of Christ, the world is still under the influence of the wicked one. So in order to know what you have been called to do, in this generation, you must first know the time that you are in. You must know the conditions. Mordecai knew what was, was about to happen. He knew the conditions. If he didn't know, he wouldn't have gone to call for Esther in the first place. So he knew. The beginning, the beginning of you beginning to make impact is by first of all knowing the situation at hand. Knowing the time that you are in. For such a time, what time are we in? The world is in darkness. I mean, you turn on the news right now and every corner you are hearing something always going wrong. We've been hearing something always going wrong since we were kids. We, were, we, grew, up, we, grew, up, we, thought we were grew up, things will change. We've grown up, we grew up into teenagers. We're still hearing things going wrong. We thought that when we become adults, things will change. We've grown up into adults and things are still going wrong. How many of us, when you were teenagers or children, you thought that when you grew up, things will change? We all thought, has, has things changed? Why? Because the world lies under the influence of the wicked one. This is the time that we are in. But what is the solution? John chapter 1, again, the, 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 the last scripture we read before coming back to the first. John 1, 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. Verse 5. It says, oh, and light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. God's solution was by sending forth light. We see the exact same thing in Genesis chapter 1. Where in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was over the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. 
and then God said, let there be light. The solution to darkness is always the introduction of light. It always begins with introducing light. If you walk into a dark room right now and you want to find something, what would you do first? You turn on the light. When we're young, I'm sure the guys did it. We were trying to do Jackie Chan. Like, no. Retentive memory. I know where it is. Then, before you realize, you've knocked down things and then you spot things and then but no, you hear mommy's, mommy shout, Hey! Abano, Abano! Or what is broken? Those are not fantasies. What is broken over there? Because you're trying to do be Jackie Chan. The first solution to darkness is the introduction of light. Why? Because darkness can never comprehend light. You see, in order, to, in order for one to overcome a thing, you must gain understanding of the operations of that thing in order to pinpoint where the flaw is or the strategy to use to accurately displace it. Basically, what I'm saying is that in order to take something out of place, you need to know what it is and then what is governing it in order to remove it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> because I look at my face like... God sends Christ as light. But guess what? In Romans chapter... Let me, let me find a scripture. Romans chapter... Chapter 10. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Verse 9. Verse 9 to 13. Uh -huh. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Next verse. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call on him. Upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light. And sons of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. So the moment you gave your life to Christ Jesus, the moment you became born again, you were translated from darkness into his marvelous light. Not only was, not only was there a relocation, but there was also a transformation. You were changed to a different state. Behold, all things have become new. The old is gone. All things have become new. When you were under the influence of darkness, under the power of darkness, you became darkness. But when you come into Christ Jesus and you give life to Christ Jesus, you have now become sons of light because God is the father of light. Find that scripture, that verse. It says, for God is the father of light. And so the moment you become born again and come to Christ Jesus, you are no more the image of darkness. You are now light itself because God is light. You are also called, we are the sons of the day. Last year, I, I believe in July, I did a, an introduction to a topic I called Evening and Morning, Night and Day. It was a teaching service. If you don't remember, it's on Podbean. Please, you can go and listen to it again. I did an introduction to what that Genesis chapter... Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. Huh. So, John, James 1, 17. Every good gift, every good gift, and, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights 
with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And take me to Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. God called light day, and God called darkness then, and the darkness is called night. So the evening and morning were the first day. You can read on. You realize that every time God, every time in Genesis chapter 1, God always says that in evening and morning, day one, evening and morning, day two, evening and morning, day three. Please, if you are here and you begin your day in the morning, you are at a loss. The day begins in the evening. It doesn't begin in the morning. You are saying, mm, because you are not in that service. It's been on being for a long time. If you, if you are going to listen to it, you will be saying, because mm, I thought, I did, an, I did an introduction of evening and morning, night and day. I should push it there. Go to the pot bean. The reason why they record the sermons is for your sake. So go and listen to it. Like, for instance, let me find a scripture in Psalms. Day unto day utter speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. Even Psalms. Day unto day utter speech. Please find it. Day unto day utter speech. Night unto night reveals knowledge. Psalm, ah, Psalm 19 verse 2. Day unto day utter speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. So, with this scripture, this revelation, when you go to Genesis, you begin to realize something. Go to Genesis again. Chapter 1 verse, let's start from verse 3. Let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Verse 5. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So, evening and morning were the first day. Let's go to verse 7. Thus, God made a firmament, and okay, verse 8. God called the firmament heaven. So, evening and morning were the second day. You can go on and on, evening and morning, evening and morning. The, the purpose of night or evening time is for the establishment or the revelation of knowledge. And the purpose of daytime is for the proclamation of the knowledge, for the, for the manifestation of the realities established in the nighttime. That's what, that's what, it, this is, a, this it's always been there. That's why the guy, the, the enemy came and saw tests in the night. The nighttime is a time for, why do you think the wicked one always, is even in Psalms, that they lie on their bed at night and wake out wickedness. They brought wickedness. The purpose of the night, listen, is on Port B. I don't have to, I'm about to, before I realize, I'm going to do, preach on that. No, that's not what tonight is about. Anyway, so you get it. When you came into Christ, you became light. That is why, but see, light is a solution to darkness. The beginning of, the beginning of the solution of dealing with darkness in our generation starts by introduction of light. That's why we are called sons of light. But this is it. Open to Ephesians chapter 3. Are we getting it so far? I know. Prayer conference. What are you talking about? Today is day one. Let me, I'm the John the Baptist. I have come to clear the way. So let, let, let me clear the way. You understand? So I'm just doing, tonight I'm just here to just do introduction. Take me to verse 14. I'm not getting what I'm, what I'm saying so far. I'm not getting it. So now you are light. You are light too. You understand? Before that, let's read this. Okay, let's, let's read this. John chapter 14, verse 17. Now, the moment you became light, you can't be light alone. When I say you can't be light alone, you can't manifest light on your own. The Bible says that Christ said to the disciples, I will not leave you as orphans. From the beginning, God has never intended for man to manifest his kingdom on earth alone. 
In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let's make man in our image and according to our likeness. In John 4, is it 4? So that talks about uh, the true worshipers, the worship, the, 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 the worship of the Father in spirit and truth. For these are the, those are the Father seeks, the true worshipers, right? For God is spirit. Those who come to him must come to him in spirit and in truth. So God is spirit. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, when God's creating man, if God is spirit, God created man as spirit in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. So that was man of spirit. You understand? And then in Genesis chapter 2, God creates man of the, of the body and man of the soul. In Genesis chapter 2, we realize that God does this. He forms man out of the dust, the dust or the dust. And he breathes. And he says that man became a living soul. You understand? So, in the Garden of Eden, it was the body and the soul of man God interacting with not the spirit of man. Now, what is the purpose of the spirit then? God's intention has always been that when it is time, when man's soul has been groomed and trained to the fullness of the stature of the maturity in Christ. Because, mind you, let's go to Genesis 26. Genesis 1, 26. Genesis 1, 26. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Now, Genesis 26, verse 26, God says that let us make man. Let us. Why is it that verse 27 says that? Why doesn't it say in the image of God, God created? In the image of God, he created. In his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. No, go to verse 28. Let me see something. Okay. Now, now, if you're in the, find this, this verse. Now, Christ is the revelation, the full revelation of God. So if you see me, you've seen the Father, right? So Christ has always been the standard by which God used to create man. Because the Bible, for, for Christ has already existed before the world began. How many of us know this? He already existed before the world began. He was even slain before the foundations of the earth. And even, the, another rendering says he was even... Uh, slain before the overthrow of Lucifer, the casting down of Lucifer, which means even before Lucifer's heart lifted up because of himself, Christ had already been slain. And so, and Christ is the firstborn son. So, for God said that he gave the only begotten son. So, God already had a son. And Christ is the firstborn son amongst many brethren. And we are parting to be after Christ. And so, in Genesis chapter 1, the one that God used to create man is Christ because. Christ is the fullness of the embodiment of the Godhead. Do we understand? You understand? Are you staying with me? So, but why is it that in the garden we only see God interact with the soul of man and the body? The spirit of man was always created to house God himself. God created, God's intention was for man to never walk alone on the earth when man was done with the fullness of maturity and training in the garden. Do you know that God, God has, done, has done new things, but God is still following his plan from the beginning. The Bible says, for the just shall live by faith, the justified, which is you and I. And that's always, always, always been the, the, the original intent. Faith cannot by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Until God speaks, man cannot move and manifest and flow. That has always been. So, to be honest, it's not like God is doing something new. He's still on course. He had purpose before time. That he reconcile the entirety of his creation in Christ Jesus. Christ will be the embodiment of all of his creation. This has always been God's plan, right from the beginning. Right? Anyway, let's go back to 
There's a lot of things to say, but little time. Let's go back to John chapter 14, verse 17. When you become born again, now you have the Holy Spirit. This is Christ telling the disciples that the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for it dwells with you and will be in you. Underline this verse, fam. For he dwells with you and will be in you. So when you become born again, the Holy Spirit is inside you. How many of us know that? This is Christ told the disciples, on that day you realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. So when you when become born again, the Holy Spirit is in you. And how many of us know that when the Holy Spirit was on the scene, when the Holy Spirit is present, the fullness of God, the power of God is also made present and manifest. How many of us know that? If the Holy Spirit is in you right now, sitting here, you and I sitting here. In fact, before I come to my point I'm about to make, no one knows the, knows the man except the spirit of the man. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Right? So, now, we have... Said, no, on, no one needs to teach you. For you have an anointing that teaches you, teaches you all things. So, you have the Holy Spirit. He's in us. But why is it that the society around you is still lying in darkness? Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 14. For this reason, this Paul praying, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's move fast. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that she will be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height? To know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. So now, verse 20. Let's keep our eyes. You can learn verse 20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Now, when the Holy Spirit is present, the power of God is present. But why is he saying according to the power working us? Let's take, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 to 18. 2 Corinthians 3, 12 to 18. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the old testament because the veil is taken away in christ but even to this day when moses is read a veil lies on their heart nevertheless when one turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is the spirit now the lord is the holy spirit where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty verse 18 notice verse 18 but we all with unveiled face Beholding us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, the Holy Spirit is you and I in His fullness. Why is it that God is saying that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power working you? Now, it's because of this. Verse 18. Now, the mirror here is God's word. It is a prayer conference. Now, the effectiveness of your prayer is dependent on the realities of God you do not only possess, but have become. 
It doesn't talk about having possessing glory. It talks about being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. The reason why you and I, our prayer life is not effective and effectual and powerful enough is because we are not beholding the word of God enough. Mind you and I are now light. But there are different degrees of light. If we turn this whole place off right now, this just the side, we turn it off, and we light a candle here, just one candle, it won't be bright enough. It's still light. But its influence will be over a small terrain or territory. If we bring floodlights, stadium lights, here right now, just one stadium light, floodlights here, all of, all of you will leave because it will blind you. The impact of your prayer life is, to, to, is dependent, there are many aspects, but it's dependent on the realities of God you have become. It's not about the knowledge you possess. It's about the knowledge you, you have become. We are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. Now, I said earlier on that the solution to darkness begins by, with the introduction of light. The solution to darkness begins with the introduction of light. Now, in hmm, find me a city on the hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Next verse. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. The effectiveness of your prayer life is totally dependent on your maturity. The reason why most of the time you and I pray are missed is because we don't pray according to the will of God. I want to make a statement here. Some of you may not like it. But listen. Okay, you know what? Some of you are taking notes. Let me read a few things I've written down. The effectiveness of your prayer life is dependent on the degree of God's word you have become. It is not in knowing and possessing the word of God only. It is in becoming the very dimension of glory of his word which you have encountered or beheld. You are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. So the degree of glory of God's word, the degree of glory you have beheld in God's word is the degree of glory you have become. And it's on that, it's on that premise that you re release prayer. It's on that new dimension of revelation that you have become that you stand on to pray. Now the Bible says of faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The just shall live by faith. If we live by faith, it means everything about our lives is based on faith including your prayer life. But we can't produce faith. We receive faith. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that, the word there is, in the Greek word is a living voice. Hence the Holy Spirit coming in the scene. That's why Christ said, what well, the spirit of truth. Told the disciples, I'll send you another comforter, the spirit of truth, who will guide you into all truth. Another verse, another verse says what? He will not speak of himself, but he will reveal unto you, make known to you from you take of me and make known to you are you following me so far i've not lost anyone okay so i said you want to make notes so let me read a few things you see our prayer life being powerful and effective is not in the abundance of words but rather in the realities of eternal life you have unraveled and caused to rest in your heart 
by which your soul operates on, feasts on. It is on the realities of the kingdom of God that the prayer is being established on. You see, the Bible just, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. So everything in our life as a believer must function according to the faith you not only possess, but have become. Including your prayer life. Now, prayer, we all know what prayer is. Prayer is communication, talking to God. Prayer is an art of communication. There's a reason I'm using the word art. Prayer is an art of communication. It is an art of warfare. It is an art of meditation. It is an art of exchange of divine realities from the spiritual into the natural. Prayer is an art of negotiation with God. Prayer is an art of elevation of natural realities to displace their natural countenance and clothe spiritual realities. Prayer is oxygen. Prayer is a tool. It is a weapon. It is a lifestyle. It is relationship. It is divine romance and intimacy with Papa God. Prayer. So prayer is not just, it's not just a means of exchange or receiving from God. It's also divine romance. Not only is it divine romance. Prayer is many things. But it's, it's, it's important to you and I. Now, in the Bible, in the, when the, 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 the God gave the pattern for the tabernacle to be made to Moses, there's some things he told Moses to do. The offering of incense and order by the high priest, Aaron, when he goes inside the Holy of Holies and offers it on the altar. And in Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, I believe, we come to comprehend or we come to realize that prayer is an incense. Now, the incense was very important. It was mixed with sacrifices before it was placed on the altar. It's very important. Now, if prayer is important, and right now, God has not dwelt in the tabernacle made of men, but dwells in the tabernacle he made for man, which is your body, you and I. You are the temple of God. How many of us know we are the temple of God? So if you are the temple of God, and at the same time that you are the temple, you are also the high priest of God for the temple that he has made you. It is your responsibility and duty to always offer prayer to God. So a prayerless Christian is an ineffective priest. Because first, the reason I'm giving a lot of scriptures is because some of you, you don't read your Bibles. It's only when you come to church that you read. So I'm making you read. <laughs> now, we are the temple of God. God also says that what? We are a, a royal priest with a holy nation set apart. And so, now if God hasn't dwelt, say the holy, when Christ was erected, the holy, when he died, the veil was from the top all the way to the bottom. Right? And right now, God dwells in you and I. So we are the temple of God. I say, for do you not know that the temple of, the, of, of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you? We are the temple of God. Uh-huh. Revelation 5.8. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. I believe Revelation, let's go to Revelation 8. Uh-huh, four, uh-huh. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints 
ascended before God from the angel's hand. Prayer must always be offered. So, your prayer life begins with you praying every day as a priest. As a high priest or as a priest, it's our duty to offer prayer. So when it says pray without season, it's a possibility. But anyway, it's a three-day conference. Thursday and Friday is there. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Why does it say it cannot be hidden? Because of the light that pours out of the city. No one lights a fact. This month is our month of accessing the keys of the kingdom in the parables. So let's go to the parable of the lost coin. Parable of the lost coin. The reason why our prayer life is not effective is because it's not about just praying. It's about praying according to the will of God. You see, this may sound very some way. What I'm about to say. Take me to 1 John 5, 14 to 15. Many of us have been quoting the scripture. We'll come back to the parable of the lost coin because it's a month of accessing keys in the parable. So I will definitely have to throw a parable inside. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears, he hears us. And and we know that he hears us. What, whatever we ask, we know that we have petitions. We have the petitions that we have asked of him. We always skip. We don't understand the verse 40. It's according to his will. Beloved, I want to say this. God doesn't answer your words. He answers his word. The Bible says that God has placed his word above all his name. I believe this is in Psalms. God has placed his word above all his name. God does not care about your words. He cares about his will. So when you, when you pray according to God's will, he will answer you. But how can you know the will of God if you don't behold and study it in the word and become it? You see, Jesus Christ, mind you, in the context of Ephesians chapter 4, God, Jesus, when he was ascending, he gave gifts unto men. He gave some to be apostles, pastors, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. You understand? They are supposed to build us into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Christ is the standard. Now, if Christ is the standard, Jesus Christ is the standard, right? Now, Jesus Christ is the standard. Let's go to Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Jesus Christ is our standard. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As his custom was. Now, we all know that Jesus Christ grew up in Nazareth, right? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's why he, 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 at a point, he said that the prophet is not recognized in his own home. And he could do little a few ailments here and there because the people didn't believe. Like, isn't this Joseph's son, the carpenter? Isn't this guy, the siblings are still with us? Eh? Also then, oh, yeah, maybe. Sounds some funny. Imp- ah, now, hey, Jesus. And you wonder, I remember you. Do you remember me? I knew you when you were very, very. Oh, did it? When you went to Nazareth, did it to him? Oh, I, I don't remember. Ah, when you were a baby, I should carry you. You don't remember me? They did, they did it to him when you went to Nazareth. But it says, as his custom was, as he was used to always doing, he went and studied and read. See, back then, the, 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 the Torah was in the, was in the temple. Unlike you and I that we are blessed today, that we have the Bibles. Once you lift up your Bibles, some of you lift up your phones. In order to get access to study, you go and then a priest stands up and says, All right, let's hear the word of Moses. And then he reads, Amen. Okay, no, he didn't say Amen. But he didn't say Amen. Jesus went there every time to go and read the word. Verse 16. Okay, 17. 
And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Some of you, if you give the Bible now to do for some reason. All right. Uh-huh. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendants and sat down. In the eyes of Owen, the synagogue were fixed on him. This was what he was used to doing every time. God intentionally, I believe was intentional. It was intentional. You know what God intentionally did? He intentionally made us have a glimpse of when he was age 11 or 12. When they went to, when they went to uh, off, do their uh, sacrifice or whatever. Uh, I think it was, I know that sacrifice or the accounting, but one of them. And then he, he went. And then for three days they couldn't find him. And they found him in the temple asking questions. He said, ah, why am I in my father's house? So if you tell us your father's house, you'll be pointing to Transalco and East Lego and Swintex and you know, say that, you know, say the house of God. And so, from growing up, this was what Jesus Christ was, did. He was always studying the word. See, the revelation of God, the revelation of God concerning his will for your life is in the scriptures. I kid you not. I have come to understand this over the years, that with each degree of glory you become, there's a degree of glory you have access to exude out of you. The reason why if a sick person comes to you and they tell you to pray, you will not pray because you've not beheld the degree of God's glory concerning that situation. That's the reason why. See, when I became born again in 2012, yes, I'm quite young. When I became born again in 2012, I'm going to give an example. This is what the Holy Spirit told me about knowledge. He said this. So, how many of us are seeing this? Those online. Now, when you become born again, the blue circle in the middle, when you become born again, this is where God places you. Imagine this is where God places you. Right? Now, here is divine healing. Here is raising the dead. Here is encounters and revelations into Paul, Paul said what? He, he heard things that it was, it's not lawful for him to act on the earth. Here is such encounters. Here at the tip is translations and all the demiche. Here is God's mind concerning the generations unborn. Right? Because fathers, fathers don't ask for the will of God. They know the will of God. They, they discuss in their hearts the will of the Father. And they look into the Fathers know times and seasons and know what is happening at each point. Young men, we wrestle with the evil one, and we're supposed to overcome the evil one. Babies drink milk and sleep. So when you become born again, you are here. Now, the more of God's word you behold, now imagine this blue circle is light. I mentioned in the beginning that we're translated from darkness into his marvelous light, right? You can see it. When you became born again, this is the small light God placing you inside. Now, the more of God's word you encounter and behold, according to 1 Corinthians the scripture we read, right? The more of God's word we encounter and behold, the more we come. It says, beholding we are being transformed from one degree of glory to another. And now, the more glory you become, the more this glory begins to expand. Now, when it expands, suddenly you realize that it's falling. It expanded for now to, to now reveal that there is divine health here. The more of God's word you behold and become, the glory begins to expand. The circle of light. 
Now, now being oh my goodness, I can raise the dead here. Oh my goodness, I can heal the sick and, and, and trans, trans, translations and all that. Oh my goodness, I know the will of the Father and the mind of the Father from the beginning. Do you understand? And so, your ability to know God's will is according to the glory you have become. Babies have no business knowing God's will. I know it's some way. Since as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of God, they may go thereby. Yours is to desire the milk. The milk is already made available. Desire it. That you may go there and drink it and feed on it. And so you realize this. Please from the scripture. I think it's in Timothy or so, I believe. Set it to show thyself approved. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You see, there's, a, there's, there's, there's approval in the kingdom, right? And the approval is dependent on your ability to rightly divide the word of truth. By reason of the use of the word of God, have had their senses enlightened to discern between both good and evil. There, in prayer, there are degrees of approval you must meet in prayer. I hope I've not lost anyone. You are with me. The time that we are in is in darkness. And the solution is you become being the light that God has made you. In Christ, you are light. So shine forth your light. But the ability to shine forth your light in intensifying degrees of glory is dependent on beholding the glory in God's word and become that glory you behold. And this is it. This is the sweet thing about it. Beholding in a mirror, we are being transformed. The transformation is not our job. Our duty is to behold. The more we are beholding, the more it is transforming us. Jesus told the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishes of men. We don't make ourselves fishes of men. Christ makes us. We don't make ourselves degree of glories. The word of God makes us degree of glories. The more we behold. So behold. The solution for your world today is dependent on your maturity. I mentioned earlier on, God does not care about your words. He cares about his will. The only word God has lifted up Above his name is his word, not your word. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5 to 7. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering did not desire, desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Jesus Christ came, came to do the will of God. In the volume of the book, how did he know the, the volume of the book? He studied it. God's will for your life is in the scriptures. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost inspired holy men to write the scriptures down for our sake. Your maturity is important. Enough of praying some prayers. Gee, you are praying and misses because you, I mean, there are many reasons why, our, there are many reasons, we can go into many reasons why our prayers don't go to, we can come to doubt, we can come to, uh, we can come to what is resident in your heart. Because the heart is, God wants to be only relative dwelling in your heart. You, God doesn't, doesn't share his space with anyone. So if there's bitterness in your heart, obviously it will, it will hinder, you understand. It even says in the Bible that if you go into the altar to make sacrifice, and remember your brother has an issue with you, leave the sacrifice there and go and settle it before you come and offer. This is the same as prayer. We're about to pray. So there, are many, there are many reasons why your prayers will not be answered. There is doubt. If you believe in it, no doubt, you receive. If you doubt, it's like, like being tossed like waves, according to James. So there are many reasons why I can list the reasons why my prayers will not be answered. But for now, I want to tell you this: the effectiveness of your prayer is dependent on your growth. So grow. I said what? 
the effectiveness of your prayer life in the kingdom of God is dependent on your maturity. So grow. Jesus Christ prayed according to the will of God. Jesus Christ said what? I do what I see my father do. At point, another point, he said what? I see what I hear my father say. Now the Bible says this. God in, the, in this last day has spoken by through his son Jesus Christ. There is nothing God is speaking again except Jesus Christ. Grow. The reason why most of us do not see answers to our prayers is because we are not praying according to the will of God. It says, if we pray according, find that scripture again. If we pray according to his will, he hears us. You see, he hears, he hears us. According to his will. Not according to how you feel. Not according to how you think. Not according to what someone else is telling you. According to his will. See, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have, we have the petitions that we have asked of him. We know. How do we know? Because it's according to his will. Anytime you pray according to God's will, you already have it. Do you understand? The moment you align your prayer life to God's will, you know you have the petitions you have asked of him. Why? Because it's according to his will. Why? Because guess what? God's word is his will. Why? Because God said he has put his word above his name. And it says all his name. So, he's put his word above Jehovah El Shaddai. He's put his word above Jehovah Wofeka. He's put his word above Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Elohenu. Jehovah Rohim. He's put his word above all his name. All his name. So, if his word is above all his name, the more you ask according to his will, according to his word, you have it. So the reason why you are struggling to receive it is because you are not asking according to his will. Now my question is this. At every degree of glory, there is a will that is demanded of you in God's, according to God's will. There is God's will for every degree of glory. So the question is this. In order to ask according to God's will, you must know your current placing and state in your growth and work with God. So what degree of glory have you beheld that you have you become? If a baby comes and asks you, one of you comes and asks you, I want a car, will you give the car to the baby? No. Baby, oh, and the thing is that you already bought a car, you, in your heart, you already bought a car that Odu Yunia, what the car by Manu, Odu driving age of the car by Manu. But, oh, No. The degree of glory that a child has attained is not is the will for that child now is not the, the will of car. It's the will of go to school. It's the will of go and clean your room. It, 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 it's, it's the will of go and apologize to your sister. It's the will of don't fight in school. It's the will of learn how to speak to others kindly. It's the will of don't keep bitterness in your heart. The way we are all quiet. Why? Some of you, Lord, but I love him. When I see him, then my eggs, my eggs. 
But God's will for you is this. Know who I have called you to be in Christ Jesus. Why? Because every time the devil keeps lying to you, you are not worth God's love. Look at you. Have you seen? Every day you keep making the same mistake. God's will is that you go... See, let's be honest. The reason the kingdom of God is struggling to see manifestation, though there's already been manifestation made available and has already manifested. You see, in this kingdom we are, we are in, it's copy and paste. I think you should understand this now. For instance, if, I, if I'm to start... If I'm to, minister or start ministering the prophetic or anything. It's copy and paste, let's be honest. I can't produce any prophecy. I think I, I can I can come to you and say my daughter. I mean I mean the, I mean there are realms where your words will not fall to the ground. And so if you make a mistake and say I see you going, it will manifest. But just that you go, but when I come before God, I'll answer it. Why did you tell them to why did you say this? So there I mean there are See, the degree of glories. See, fathers don't talk a lot. When people start at become, when become fathers, they don't talk a lot. Normally, it's babies and young. Small, you silence all the gifts manifesting, or then or anytime there's prayer meeting in school, you want to lay hands on everyone to show that. No, but, but I mean, I mean, flow, flow, but anyway. God answers according to his will. Look, many of us don't even know who Christ is to us. I've been saying this many times. I'm sure some of you have heard, I've said some of you personally. That know who you are in Christ and know who Christ is to you. Know who God is to you and know who you are in God. How can you go and, and, and how can you go and unfold the kingdom you don't even know the kingdom? What to be that? I mean, I, I, hey, the kingdom of God has come. Pa, 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 pa. Hear he him, hear he him. I am the kingdom of God. I have come. Oh, what's your kingdom like? Uh, uh, hear he him, hear he him. I am the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come. Uh, my back, the demons are beating me. You are the kingdom of God. Help. Grow. And was, I mean, something I've noticed right now. I mean, it, is, it has to be happening because obviously it was prophesied about it. But the ways of God has not changed. His acts may have changed, but his ways have never changed. His acts don't dictate to his ways. It's his ways that dictate to his acts. When we say God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, his ways have never changed. For instance, where you're supposed to live on faith, breathe on faith. And faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. Where those are led by the Spirit of God, the sons of God. Maturity begins by, leading, by yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit, by the influence of the Holy Spirit. That's where maturity begins. Grow. Study the word. Many of us, sometimes, I mean, it's powerful. Keep writing. But many of us, as soon as we come to the kingdom, now, and then we start publishing books. You don't st- Paul becomes... Bo- <laughs> Let me use Paul as an example. Open to Acts chapter 9. Is it Acts 9? Hey. You open to Acts. If it's, if it's not there, we'll find it. Acts chapter 9. Okay, go to verse 8. Then Saul arose from the ground. When his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. This is interesting. I mean, look at it. But anyway, let's continue. This is another day. And he was there three days without sight. And neither ate nor drank. So verse 9, he was there without sight. But verse 8, when he rose, his eyes were opened. 
but he was led by a hand. Which eyes? Anyway, verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple. So, Ananias, go to verse 11. And Ananias went and said, But I saw the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as he came and sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, 18. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Verse 20. Immediately he preached that Christ in the kingdom, in the synagogues, that he is the son of God. Verse 21. Oh, we were amazed and blah, blah. The first sermon Paul preached was that he is the son of God. Christ is the son of God. He went to every synagogue. Christ is the son of God. And later on, thou see, at babyhood, that's all he knew, that Christ was the son of God. So that's all he could preach. So at every degree, there's a will of the father for you. So he's ordained praise in the mouth of babes. So even in the babyhood, there's a praise ordained for your mouth to proclaim. He's the son of God. He's the son of God. But later on, he says that Paul now goes into the desert of Arabia to behold fully. Spent three years beholding. Then he came and then spent about 15 or so years, a lot of years, preaching. Then later on, he meets there. But when he became born again, all that Paul knew was he's the son of God. But by beholding, see the revelations that came out of Paul. Look at the books that Paul wrote. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Romans, Ephesians, Galatians. The next go to Timothy, Titus. The reason you are struggling to unravel the, the depths of God's glory in you is because you are not encountering it and becoming it. So please grow. The best solution you can ever give to the world begins with your growth. So grow. Many of us are in a hurry to manifest powers and no! Your first duty is to grow. And, at, and see, pray without ceasing, which means this. At each level you are, you must never stop praying. You must always pray according to the degree of glory you have become. So if at this point, you can only pray 15 minutes, be faithful with the 15 minutes, but don't stop beholding God's word. A time will come, as you're beholding, you, the world will transform you to another degree of glory. Before you realize that you're praying long hours. Before you realize now, you're not praying, oh God, my, help my mother's my family. Oh God, business. Oh God, the girl, why? Oh God. Later on, you realize, no, see, if at the baby, see, babies are always give me, give me, give me. Yeah, I want milk. Yeah, I'm hungry. That's, so if you're a baby and flow, still pray. The place for so, so, so make all petitions, all petitions, supplications, and all prayers be made unto God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will come up, will come on you. So at each degree of glory you are, pray, never stop praying. One thing I've realized is this: that we 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 pray according to the pressure of others. You are, see, everyone, say that, say that we are like stars in the universe, a star different from glory to another. That the glory of God you have become is, is on that glory that you pray. So if you want to be making marks in the arms of the Spirit, grow, feast on God's word. Behold God's word. It's the word that makes you and transforms you. For, that's not, transformation is not our duty. The sense of beholding in the mirror, we are being transformed. It doesn't say we will be, we are transforming ourselves. So we are being. You're not the ones responsible for our transformation. But it is our duty to behold the word of God. Like Jesus Christ in the 
according to his custom, every day going to behold the word of God. Your maturity in the kingdom is your duty. So grow. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, you guide into all truth. But God will always use you according to the level of growth you are. God will never use you beyond. So grow. I know prayer conference. I'm sure you're expecting. Get, no, but listen. If you don't get this, then how are you praying? Because according to the word of God that we pray. But I'm here to encourage everyone that at, at whatever degree of grace you are at currently, there is still a place of prayer for you in God's will at your degree of glory. So pray. Because I said you are a high priest. You are God's priest now. You are his temple. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And since the Holy Spirit dwells in you, in your heart, in your spirit, sorry, and you are the priest of, of this world, it is your responsibility to clean this temple. Your responsibility is to offer sacrifice into this temple and fill it. It's your responsibility to always offer incense, which is prayer. It's your responsibility. As a priest, no one will come and pray for you. You must pray. It is your duty as a priest of, over the temple of God, which is your body. For the Holy Spirit dwells in you. For instance, you are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. So pray. If all you know is John 3.16, pray with John 3.16. If that's all you know, pray with John 3.16. If that's all you know, pray with John 3.16. Never let anything stop you from praying. Do you understand? Let's go to the parable of the lost coin. I said I can't live without talking about the parable because we're in the month of parables. Oh, what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. Let me ask you a few questions for you to go and think. If the corner has fallen down and it's dark, why don't you open the windows? First of all, the reason she couldn't open the windows was it's night time. Then if it's night time, why is she going with 10 silver coins in the first place? So well, the day begins in the evening. The revelation, the trading begins in the evening. In this time of your life, where no one knows you, when God's word concerning your life is like, did you remember something? It's at this point of your life where God begins to reveal knowledge, prophecy, and all that. It's in the night time of your life when no one knows you. This is the time to start sowing those realities and praying and engaging them. Not when you are grown. It's not when at age 45 that you are now come to pray some prayers. When you are in the bank, when the World Bank, when you are at that position of, of glory. No. Day unto day utter speech. The purpose of the day is for the declaration and manifestation of realities. But the realities were revealed in the evening. Night unto night reveals knowledge. Why did the woman light the lamp? In order to find that which is lost, you need the word of God. You can't pray without the word of God. And funny enough, so I don't know why the, the Christ said, use, I mean, he, he used many symbols to present souls. But when he uses, uses, uses a coin, listen, I mean, if you were visiting the pot bean, you'd have had understanding of all that I'm saying. Papa has preached on the kingdom, righteousness. You see, a soul, is, see, now a coin is a means of exchange, right? Your soul is a portal where the realities are exchanged. It says, uh, it, it says that what? So we have been given power to bring down every stronghold, every imagination, and, and bring uh, every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Find me that scripture. For the weapons of our warfare, 
First of all, we are in a warfare. Some people say that, oh, one day I saw someone, I go, who feels respect to me? The person's not praying because she's afraid that if she prays, the devil will come and attack her. So she's on there. Listen, if you listen to the pod being, I've explained this. The reason why the devil will come after you, not because you only are because you are a man. Is, anyway, for the words of our warfare are not kind of, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The weapons are warfare, the weapons, they are not kind of, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Next verse. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, I'm, I'm here to tell you this. About 90% of the thoughts that come into your head do not, do not come from you. About 90% of the thoughts that come into your head, you are not the source of the thoughts. There are other external forces. They are just throwing the thoughts at you. But we have the power to bring them down. You understand? The moment your soul takes hold of it and accepts it, it has gained entrance into the physical. Because your soul, uh, your soul is the veto power that stands in, in allowing and disallowing things. From your spirit, your soul. So for, for, your, for, the, for your flesh to have manifestation, it must partner with the soul. So the carnal man is one whose body, the, uh, the, the affections and the dictates of his body and the soul have agreed. The spiritual man is one that the dictates and the, and the affections of the spirit, of his spirit and his soul have come to agree. That's why in Galatians it says what? The spirit and the flesh are warring against each other. Why are they fighting against each other? For the soul. Because the one who has access to the soul has access for manifestation on this earth. Listen, if your body, those who you, used to like clubbing or used to always like doing my shebe libi. Why the people used to clam and do shebe libi? When they die, why doesn't the body get up from the mortuary and go back and continue clubbing? After all, it's free from the, from the, from the soul. So why doesn't it go? So, souls, listen, you are very valuable to the kingdom of God. God, you are so precious to God. God, God created you intentionally. God was intentional. The soul, the creation of the soul was not a mistake. It was an intentional thing God did. But for a time of darkness that you and I are in, the greatest solution we can ever give to this world begins with you pouring your light out. But you can only pour your light based on the degree of light that you have become. You can't... There are winds of doctrines blowing left and right. You can't take candle into the winds. It will snuff it out. So that babies are not sent to go and be doing debate, debaters club. Babies are sent to go and drink milk. Grow. Tonight, all I'm here to tell you is this. Your maturity is important. The effectiveness of your prayer life is dependent on your maturity in the kingdom of God. And, your, and the maturity is only dependent on the glory of God you behold in his word. So feast on God's word. Every day behold it. Meditate on it. Study it. And pray according to the will of God. If all you can pray now is John 16, pray it and pray it. But don't stop beholding the rest of God's word. There's nothing like, there's nothing like selective reading when it comes to the word of God. You must be, must be built into the fullness of the measure of the church of Christ. The fullness will not sum. It is only then that God says you are ready for the fullness of his ministry for your life. 
So as a city on a hill that you are, your light reaching beyond the hill that you are on to the, uh, to the valley is dependent on how bright your light is. So you're sitting on the hill. So this is the valley. Those seeing those lights and reaching, it's that there's a difference and coming, climbing up to that is dependent on how bright your light is. In order for the woman to, the lost coin, to find the lost coin, she had to pick a lamp. Grow. I beg you. Enough of wasting time on quarrels. Enough of wasting time on bitterness and holding grudges. Grow. The solution to the world is your maturity. Oh, the way I'm pointing, it's, it's not, it's like, I'm mean, pointing ahead, pastor. Oh, you're not offended, though. It's like, hey, next day two, I won't come and sit in front again. Man of God, no. A bad example, or the appointing me. Amen. Amen. But please grow. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit, because the Spirit of Truth. He wrote the scriptures. He came on holy men and inspired them. He whispered it to them and caused the men to write them down. Holy men, oh, Jesus Christ knew about himself from the, from the prophet Isaiah. But how did he know? Study the word of God, please. Please. Study to show thyself approved, a workman. There's a level of approval in prayer that is only attained by your steady life. So grow. I beg you, grow. Do you understand? Listen, the best prophetic service I can ever give you what I've given you. This is the best prophecy ever. This is the best prophecy. If you, if you grow, you know God's will for your life. All I'll come and do is come and do confirmation. Yeah. So for, for we know all things. The Spirit of God is in us, so we know all things. So you have an anointing from the Holy One. It teaches us all. We know all things. The reason why you are always begging for a man of God to come and prophesy because you don't. We're going to pray on prayer. Going to say, Heavenly Father, say Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Father. I come to you. I come to you. I surrender my heart to you. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind to you. I surrender my mind. I surrender my body to you. I surrender my heavens and earth to you. I surrender my heavens. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. Tonight onwards. I will not yield my members of my body to my own will anymore. I yield my members to your word, to your will. Heavenly Father, from tonight onwards, I yield my mind to your word, to your will. Heavenly Father, tonight onwards, thank you for listening. I yield my soul. This recording was brought to you by Kingdom Christian Fellowship Ministries. Stay blessed.